want to make a podcast, Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel so supported in the creation and distribution of my show. Spotify for Podcasters hosts masterclasses, office hours, and more to help creators develop and fine-tune their skills. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to or back to the show. Thank you so much for clicking on today's podcast episode. When I say you guys are going to love this one, I'm not exaggerating. I had the opportunity to sit down with Tori D. Simone from Manifest and we just hit it off so well. We had such a fun conversation. We talked about obviously manifesting. We talked about entrepreneurship in your 20s. We talked about making friends in your 20s, dropping out of college to pursue your passions, taking the road less traveled, taking a break from social media. We just had a blast together and I know that you guys are going to just adore this episode. So I will keep this intro super short and sweet and let's go ahead and welcome Tori to 8020. I think I posted like a question sticker and I was like, what do you guys want to hear? And you said, let's do a pod swap. I was like, I'm so in. So I'm super pumped that you're here. Yeah. I'm really excited to be on. I haven't um, done a ton of guests in the past year and something that I've been wanting to add more to. I know also like my show is I've been wanting to have more guests on, but I've been wanting to have intentional guests on. Like, I feel like so many podcasts lately are just having guests for the sake of content but I really want guests that align with what manifest is about. And I want to be a valued guest on someone else's show of like, if it aligns with their values. And when I saw you post that, I was like, okay, I've been wanting to DM you for a while, but this is like the perfect in. Um, and I love 8020. I listen every week and it's one of my favorite shows. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to have you on my podcast as well. And I'm the same way. I haven't had guests in a long time, unless they're like a close friend. I feel like when you get random I'm sure you get them all the time, random pitches from like PR companies. And Mm -hmm. it's just so, it just feels so inauthentic and like inorganic when they're like, okay, do you want to have so-and-so on the pod from whatever company? And you're like, I don't know anything about you. You don't know anything about me. How are we going to hold like a 45 minute conversation, you know? Right. Completely. And yeah, so I'm just, I'm very excited about this. It's like, it's a very organic, um, friendship honestly like just even before we started recording I was like I could literally talk to you forever so I'm I'm very excited to be on and uh, I can't wait to see what we get into today okay so for the listeners who don't know who you are do you want to give like a little intro a little I guess elevator pitch for yourself sure um so my name is Tori DeSimone um I'm 24 years old and I live in the suburbs of Philly I um, started on YouTube when I was 14 and I was doing makeup videos it was like I always loved beauty. I always loved makeup. And I was just lucky that it was like the time for makeup tutorials when it was like, oh my God, like 2012, but YouTube was like not the thing at the time, but it was really fun for me. So I just got into it very organically as a hobby. um, And it turned into a really cool four years during high school. Um, I went to college for a semester, ended up dropping out. And during the past, like during those last year of um, high school and in college, I got really into fitness and specifically really into spin. I just became so obsessed. So when I dropped out of college, my whole idea was I'm going to do YouTube full time so that I can eventually one day open up my own spin studio with like the funds from YouTube. Um, and so that was the plan. I then, um, became a spin instructor and about nine months of instructing, I really felt called to open a studio much earlier than I ever thought. So then in 2018, I opened up 
my first brick and mortar spin studio location um, in the suburbs of Philly, Newtown called Phoenixville in 2020, which was arguably the worst timing ever. Um, I opened up my second location at the Jersey Shore. Um, my business called Stride. And then since then, I started a podcast in 2019. Um, and now I'm kind of dipping my toes into the whole planner world. I've always loved planners. And um, I just started creating digital planners. And I have paper planners coming out soon, like hard copy planners. So um, I definitely identify more as like an entrepreneur than an influencer, even though I still kind of keep up with like all the things on social media, but I really feel like at my heart, like I'm a creative and an entrepreneur. Yeah, you definitely are, I guess, kind of like a um, role model entrepreneur, I guess, in like the beauty guru space. I've actually been listening to Manifest since you put out the podcast. I don't think I told you that, (laughs) but um, so many like different little things that you pinpointed in your story that I definitely want to cover today. So I'm like really excited to like dive into little like avenues of you and so my listeners can kind of get to know you better and more of your story. Um, so you definitely have done things non-traditionally and it's very admirable that you, I think you've kind of always danced to the beat of your own drum. I don't want to necessarily put words in your mouth, but you definitely don't do the typical thing. So one of those non-typical things that you've done is drop out of college. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually dropped out of college too. Like I said, I've been a dropout, (laughs) right? So I listened to your episode about dropping out that you did, I want to say probably, I don't know, maybe like a year or two ago. Yeah, I did it a while ago. And you had a piece of advice that stuck with me. And in that episode, you said that um, when you go to your parents and you say, I'm dropping out, you have to have a plan. And so when I considered dropping out, I was like, okay, I have this piece of advice in the back of my mind that I need to have a plan. And so I wrote my plan. Um, So my listeners know what my plan is, but your plan was to start a spin studio. Can you kind of like elaborate a little bit more on that and how you, I guess, I don't want to say convinced your parents, but just like kind of got them on board with what you had in mind. Totally. Um, And I saw that you posted this the other day on your Instagram too. And I think the question was like, how, how were you able to drop out of college? And the first thing you said was that your parents are the best. (laughs) And I agree. Like my parents have always trusted me and they've always really believed in whatever I've wanted to do. So I think from that point, I was already really lucky. Um, I didn't have to go to college if I didn't want to. I actually only, I never planned on going to college. I actually wanted to completely ride out the YouTube train because when I was in high school doing my makeup videos, like that was, I would say like the height of my YouTube career. I was traveling a lot. I was going to a lot of events. And when I was a junior in high school, I actually switched to online school. That was like the thing to do if you're on YouTube was like to switch to online school. So I switched to online school so I could do YouTube full time. And I moved out to LA in between my junior and senior year of high school. And my parents like, let me do it. Like I, they just really always believed in me. Wait, so you moved out to LA when you were 16? I was technically 17. Yeah. By yourself? So the plan was by myself. um, But when I got out there, I was like, mom, like, I don't know if I can like do this yet. Like, I don't know. And I'm really lucky because my grandma grew up in Santa Barbara, which is um, about an hour and a half north of LA. So my grandma has a house there. So my mom was like, I'll just go stay in Santa Barbara until you get settled in. And Every time she's like, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm like, can you please just stay a little bit longer? So my mom ended up never leaving because I didn't like, I wasn't completely ready, but I was like an hour and a half from my mom. Um, when, and my parents were like together the whole time, like married the whole time they still are. So like, it was a big sacrifice for her to do, but I just like felt like I wasn't ready, but I needed to try it and I needed to like pursue this. Um, ultimately when I was out there, I had the best time ever, but it kind of made me realize like, I don't want to be an influencer full-time. It's not what I want to do. And I'm really, really, really glad I did that during high school because had I graduated high school, not gone to college and completely pursued the influencer life full-time, I would have been so unhappy and so unfulfilled. So that was like the biggest blessing in disguise. So at the end of the summer, my mom and I moved back home. I re-enrolled in public school. And like, I remember on the first day of school, my one friend, he was like, 
no one thought you'd be back. I'm like, me either, but like, here I am. Um, so anyway, what I'm getting at is that I never planned on going to college. When I came back my senior year of high school, I was like, I guess I should go to college because I put all my eggs in the, the influencer basket, which it wasn't even called an influencer back then. There wasn't even a term for it. Like I used to just say like YouTube, you know what I mean? And it's like embarrassing um, to tell people that you did YouTube, right? You're like, oh, I beyond. Those and like put them online. Yeah. Like beyond. And oh my God. And like, you know, it's hard in high school to like put out videos. I mean, maybe it's different now, but like when I was in high school, like it was not a cool thing to do. It was not widely accepted. Mm -hmm. It was like, you're the weird YouTube girl. You know what I mean? So people like played my videos like at parties just to, I'm sure you had a similar experience. So when you decided that you didn't want to be an influencer full-time, what was like a couple of the deciding factors for you? So a lot of it, I think had to do with LA. Like And that was at the time, the place to be, I feel like now the place to be is New York. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time it was LA. So I really did not love the LA culture because maybe it was also just the people I was hanging out with, but I felt like it was almost weird to like make YouTube videos, which is so bizarre because that's like what LA was for, you know, but like whenever I would make time in my schedule to film a video or to post a makeup tutorial, it was always kind of just like, weird. Like I, it was so bizarre to explain that. So that was one of the things. The second reason is I just felt so unfulfilled. Like I really was like, what am I doing all day? Like I could film a makeup tutorial, have it edited and uploaded within like four or five hours. And then I'm like, what am I going to do the rest of the day? I don't have to even do this every day. Like if I put out three, four videos a week, like that's a lot for the time. And I like, what else am I going to do? Like I had no side projects. I had no passion projects. Like I was just so unfulfilled. So that ultimately led to it. It's like, this is not what I want to be doing for my career. I want to feel fulfilled in whatever I'm doing. But to get back to your original question, sorry, I go on like a million tangents. Um, I love tangents. And you know, what's so funny is this is a tangent about a tangent, but every time I go on tangents, my reviews are like, oh my God, she talks so much. It's like, "Uh, it's a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> like what else do you expect the best what am is I when they say, literally the best is when they're like she talks too much about herself and I'm like well, this, <laughs> show, this show is about me I know it's like I'm I like, don't have a co-host right and sometimes I'm like I'm just sitting in my room for an hour talking to myself like am I crazy <laughs> I know I know I know I feel the same way so anyway back to your original question yeah when I went back to um school. I was like, I'll just go to college, but I did not really have the GPA. That was amazing for college. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't like, I couldn't get into like Penn state, for example, like wherever I wanted to go, I couldn't really get in, but I did get into Bama because if you can write your name down you can get into Bama, I swear to God. So I got into Bama and I was like, I'm going to Bama. So I went to the university of Alabama one semester. And while I was there, I immediately showed up. I was like, immediately no, like, it's just not for me. But um, taking it back a little bit, like growing up, my dad was an entrepreneur. He still is an entrepreneur. He has his own business. When I was really little, I wanted to do nails and that's what I wanted to do for a living. Like I'm talking like five, six, seven years old. I wanted to do nails and then I wanted to do hair. Um, And I would always remember my grandpa telling me, well, Tori, like, it's great that you want to do this stuff, but instead of just working in a salon, like you should own the salon. Um, and my mom and I used to like create our own hair, hair, uh, salons. Like when I was little, she had the, my mom always wanted to be an architect. So she had this software where you can build, you know, like houses and businesses and stuff like that. So that's just how I was raised was to always just be your own boss, be an entrepreneur. When I wanted to drop out of college and I ultimately loved spin and I knew I wanted to open up a spin studio one day when I told them that I wanted to drop out of college they were not surprised like at all because me going to college was more surprising than me dropping out of college. Um, so kind of a long-winded answer, but that's the backstory of it for me. So how did people in your life, or I guess your social circle react when you said I'm done with college? Well, it's funny because I was at Alabama and my best friend lived next door to me and her and I were going to live together our sophomore year of college. And when I told her, I was so afraid to tell her that I wasn't coming back, even in the spring, um, because like we were all each other had, like we were like thick as thieves. And I told her, I was like, 
Carly, like, I got to tell you something. Like, I'm not coming back. And she was like, me either. No way. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> she, like, went home, too. And we're like, yeah. So, like, That's crazy. it just wasn't. So, for her, it was really great. My immediate friends, same thing. It was more like they were like, why are you going to Alabama in the first place? Like, that seems less like you than anything. Um, and also, my immediate friends have always just been so supportive and never – questioned me, made me feel weird about my decisions of anything um, with YouTube, with dropping out of college, with starting Stride, with anything. So everyone's always just been so welcoming. And even if someone listening to this is going through this and they don't feel the same love that I was so fortunate to feel, I think it's also how you tell people and how you carry yourself. Like if you are so confident in yourself and you know that you're making the right decision, someone else's opinion or perception of you is honestly not your business. Like it's their opinions of you. You can't change it. And you just have to be so firm in what you're doing and believe in what you're doing that what they think, it doesn't even matter. Um, so I would just really make sure that if you're dropping out or if you're going to college, if you're doing anything, just make sure you're doing it for you. So I definitely think that the entrepreneurial journey, especially at this age of our, you know, early to mid twenties or probably even late twenties, because it's just kind of the road less traveled. It's probably, at least in my experience, harder to make friends. So what would you say to someone who's struggling to make friends or kind of like find their footing um, on this road, less travel, maybe it's an entrepreneurial journey or not college or something like that. Totally. And I really struggled with this for, um, about three years, like right after I dropped out and I was home, I was the only person home. Like all of my friends were in college and it was really tough. Like I remember, um, well, right when I dropped out of college, I bought my first condo. So I like moved in there and I was living there. And I remember there were so many nights, like Saturday nights when I was just like so sad and so alone and I, it was not fun. Like I actually recorded a video of myself one night just being like, I am so lonely. I have no plans. I have no one to call and I can't wait to play this video in a couple of years when I have a group of friends Stop. and I can look back on this. Yeah. So oh like there were so many nights like that where I was like, I just feel like I don't have any friends right now to hang out with. Um, and you know, that's okay. I don't like feel bad for that version of myself because I felt like I had to experience that and I had to feel like that. But that's also where I'm really fortunate to where I could turn over to, you know, Instagram, my podcast, YouTube, and really feel a community of people that were like-minded and that really understood me. With that being said, spin was really such a great social life for me. So if you are someone like me at the time that maybe your friends are in college and you're not, or you're just in a different season of life than your friends, I would recommend to really turn to a workout studio to find girls specifically that are so similar to you. Like all of my friends, when my, um, when my like hometown quote unquote friends were at college, they were all spin friends. Like I can't even like there, I remember there was a time of my life where every single one of my best friends was through stride somehow, whether I met them at a studio prior or maybe they were a client or an instructor or whatever it might be like, they were all from stride. So having like extracurricular activities was a great way to find friends. So for me, it was a spin studio, but for someone listening, maybe it's joining a book club or maybe it's joining a walking club. Like there really are so many people out there that want to make friends. Um, another thing that I did was there was a college close to me and one of my best friends went to that college. So I was like, always there. Like whenever I could go, um, I would always go to their formals and to their parties. And then when I turned 21, I would go to the bars there. Um, so I would really kind of, I felt like I got a social college experience without the college tuition and like right. the college classes <laughs> and all that. So even though I had sad, lonely nights, the majority of my time, I was with people that I wanted to be with. Um, but yeah, there were definitely nights when I was alone and I feel like social media doesn't show those nights, but I mean, I have the videos where I'm like sad and I was like, I can't wait to watch this back one day. So there's highs and lows peaks and valleys, but I, I definitely think 
finding extracurricular activities is like the best way to put it. Studios, walking clubs, book clubs. Um, one person that I think does such a great job with this is Kenzie Elizabeth. If you listen to her podcast, I love you so much. She talks all the time about her Geneva group chats and um, how the girls will like meet up in those group chats. So there are so many ways nowadays with social media. Do you have a Geneva for manifest? I don't. I had a Facebook group, but it kind of like got a little wild. First yeah. off, you need to make a Geneva for manifest because it's so do you have fun. One for 8020. I do. It's it's recent. Like I have the past like two or three months. I do. Quick little plug for it. You guys shall join it. Link in the show notes. Um, but yeah, make one for manifest because I feel like you have a really, really cool community of listeners. And second thing is what happened with the Facebook? Um, it just like got crazy. Like my final straw was when someone like put something about one of my instructors at stride, like in the group chat. And I was like, look, like you guys can talk about me if you want in this group chat, but like my employees aren't, they don't put their lives publicly. Like it's not, it's not cool. Um, so at that point I was just like, it's just, it got like too far. So I archived it and I was like, I might bring it back if I can like bring on someone to moderate it. Um, but I just never brought it back. Okay. We'll get on Geneva because that's I think I'm going to You totally should. And you can, I have it set where you can um, people have to answer questions and I designed them. So it's like, I think it's like, what's your favorite quote? What's your favorite episode of 8020? And what's, I don't know what the third one is, but I can approve them or deny them. And like, um, I think you can set rules and stuff too. I give people the boot. Like, I'm sure that you have users that like, you kind of recognize the name and yeah. you're like, you're familiar and you're not very nice. And so like, they don't get in or whatever. And people, most, most people are really, really nice. And I, I, I believe most people are good. But it's just those like few bad apples that ruin them. Yeah. And you know what? That's what it is. And that's, I always think what really sucks is like, it takes one bad apple to ruin the barrel. Just got to throw the whole thing out. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, okay. My other thing too was um, you should post the video or do you think that you ever would post the video? Oh my God. I would totally post the video. You should post the video. Let me see if I can even find it. It was like, I'm going to look like when we're done recording, but yeah, I think I do want to like montage it together with, um, like, like life lately and just like happy, happy times with friends. I definitely have been in seasons of life where I felt so lonely and especially just on the road, less travel, dropping out, you know, doing the entrepreneurial thing, even like moving up here, just, I've not taken the typical path and that's something that I'm so okay with, but it's super lonely. And even people who do take the typical path are super lonely. I've been doing a lot of, I guess we'll call it like research or like reading about loneliness. And I like read somewhere the other day that it's like worse for you than smoking. I don't know how that, like the physics of that, I couldn't tell you, but I thought that that was super interesting. So finding a group of people, whether it's like fitness, like you said, or a walking club or just something is so, so important. Yeah. Completely. That is so interesting about um, the smoking right. with loneliness. Yeah. I, I don't know how that works out, but apparently it's like worse for you. Like being lonely is worse for you than smoking. I believe it. So kind of keeping on the same track of entrepreneurship, what projects are you currently working on? Because you have your YouTube channel, your podcast, your spin studio. What's kind of in the queue for you? So my biggest thing right now that I'm doing um, are my planners. In 2020, two this year. Um, in August, I released a digital version of my planner, which is called the manifest planner. Um, and I talked about it last summer on my podcast. I like was like, Oh, I really have always wanted to come out with planners and agendas, but I don't know if I should do it. And like the response was so overwhelming. Like everyone was like, you have to come out with a planner. Like it would be like insane if you did it. And I was like, all right, like I'll try. So I first tried to like get them like physical, but I just had no idea like what I was doing, like, like not at all. So it took me a while to kind of figure out like how to create planners. I knew always what I wanted on the planner and that was never a question or a doubt, but I just had no idea how to do it. So it took like about six months of like a lot of trial and error of how to even create a planner, how to format a planner, how to sell these planners. Like it was, took a while. Once I finally got a good groove down, um, I was like, all right, let me first do digital and just see 
if people even want these planners before I go on and like print physical planners. Um, and it was such a huge success. Like it was, I couldn't even like, I still can't believe how many people have bought digital planners. Like when I put them out, I remember I set them for like 250 quantity digital downloads. And I was like, there's no way these are ever going to sell out. Like maybe 50 people will buy them. Um, and they sold out in like two days. Like it was just so crazy. So, um, I really had no idea that that many people wanted it. So I was like shook by that. Um, and then everyone was like, we want physical, we want hard copy. And I'm like, totally get it. I want to do that too. So for the past, uh, once those launched, then I was like very much so like, I need to get these hard copies. So lately the past like four months have been like, go, go, go getting hard copy planners. And, um, it's been stressful because of like the timeline. Like I want everyone to get the planners by Christmas. They're, supposed to be starting in like January. So I want them to like, you know, you have them for the new year. So, um, I've just been working against time, but that's for the hard copies. The digital is like such a breeze, like that will be ready to go. No problem by black Friday, but yeah, so that's what I'm working on now. And it's been nothing short of amazing. Like I just feel like so lit up by these planners and it's just like, it's so fun for me. Like I get to be super creative and I get to, like, I, like, I create all of them, like, by myself, like, I don't have, like, a designer or anything, like, if I have an idea, like, I just put it on there, and I, like, play with it for a couple of days, and, like, yeah, I like that, I don't, it's just been, like, so much fun, and I've been learning a lot, and it's just been a really, really cool process. So you've done all the graphic design for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and then how does one print stationary? Like, this is crazy to me, like, what, like, what do you do? What do you go through? Who do you call? So that's been so hard to find printers because I've never made a physical product. Like I've opened up a physical like brick and mortar business, but I have no idea how to make a product. So the first place that the first thing that I did was Google like how to print a planner and you know, you get like a bunch of results. One that a lot of people do is lulu.com and you can like print books on demand. Um, I looked into that, but ultimately wasn't like going to give me what I wanted. And I'm also very picky. Like I could have just printed from like a million different websites that I found, but like, I'm so particular about how I want it to look and how I want it to feel and how I want the customer to receive it and everything Mm -hmm. like that. So, which um, I know your, your listeners and your customers will so appreciate, like that's the best. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So yeah, I've been very, very picky about it, but I've like explored every option. I've looked overseas. I really wanted to print in the US. Like that was a big thing for me, but for a while it was looking like I wouldn't be able to, to make a timeline. So I was like, let me look at overseas. Um, And so many times I was so hopeful with certain printers and every time I was like let down. And um, recently I finally found like the perfect printer and they're based out in California and they actually do all like the shipping and distribution and fulfillment for me. Um, and they, so nice. it's like, Oh my gosh. Like I could not, yeah. Like I could not have asked for a better partnership with, um, this company and it was just amazing. So, um, it really is just like trusting the universe and, you know, manifesting and just everything that I've been envisioning and hoping that the planner company would be. So um, it's been really cool to see it come to fruition. And yeah, it was, it was a journey to find printers. I'll definitely say that, but I'm also not going to gatekeep. Like if anyone wants me to do like a planner Q and A episode, like I'll tell you like everything you need to know, because I want as many people to pursue their passion as possible. I think you totally should do that because I'm like interested. I don't want you to give give away all your secrets because I want people to listen to the episode. But yeah, you should totally do that. Like, I think I will. And something that I also want to do with the, with the manifest planner company is I want to collaborate with so many different people and make planners for certain people. Like if you wanted to make like an 80, 20 planner, like I would, I was just about to say, can we collab? Can we do like an 80, 20 planner? Yes. Like that's what I want to do one day is like, I want to, Tori, literally, I kid you not. Okay. So all day long. And I feel like you and I are the same in the sense where, um, we just have these constant ideas. Like we're we're two very creative people. So all day long at work, I have these notepads that I just like any idea that pops in my brain, I write it down. And 
yesterday I wrote down um, merch idea because I, I just get these off of Amazon and it just says like notes on it. Mm-hmm. It's like this dotted paper. And I said, merch idea. Um, oh, I forget what I called it, but I like had a really cute name for it. And it was just like a notepad. And it was just literally for like writing stuff down. So it's like yeah. such a simple idea, but I feel like it would sell. I don't yes. know. People, people love paper. People love paper. And like, like, I'm not even kidding. Like, that's really what I want to do. Like, I want to make products for other people that are rooted in manifestation, spirituality, but with intention behind it and with people that feel driven by productivity, driven by creativity, driven by entrepreneurship. So like I'm all in, I really am. Yeah. So we're definitely going to collab everybody like buckle your seatbelts because we're going to do a really (laughs) cool collab. I'm super pumped. We'll have to talk more about that off the mic. Don't want to give too much away. Um, But I kind of want to talk a little bit about manifesting because Mm -hmm. that's kind of your whole, I I mean, literally the title of your podcast is manifesting. So I think, I don't know if it was your most recent episode or maybe the more recent ones, but you just talked about how you wanted to, I guess, maybe get back into it or you've kind of fallen off of that. Or so can you just talk maybe to like your manifesting journey? Um, and then we can kind of get into like tips for the listeners or little takeaways and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I really was introduced to it in 2016 and found it very interesting 2016, 2015, like somewhere in that time, found it very interesting. Um, it's kind of like a big topic to, dive into. So when something feels like a mountain, like it's almost hard to start climbing it because it just feels so untouchable. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I felt in the beginning of it. Um, And then once you just start taking one step into a thousand step journey, it feels more realistic and digestible and like something that you can do. So once I started just learning bits and pieces about it, I got really fascinated by it. And then I went to college and then I dropped down and blah, 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 whatever, all that sort of stuff. And then when I was creating Stride, I really leaned heavily back into manifestation. I wanted to learn a lot more about it. Um, You know what was a really great pathway to manifestation was yoga. Um, I was so into yoga, like 20... 17. I was like such a yoga girly and it was really, really fun. And I really loved it. But what I loved most about it was how I felt afterwards. Um, and I'm a spin junkie, like through and through, like I love a spin class, but how I felt after yoga, I was always just wanting to learn more about the practice of it. I wanted to learn more about the spirituality behind it. I was so interested in it. So yoga really introduced me to manifestation, spirituality, and that's kind of where I started to explore it more. Um, Leaned really heavily into it through the construction of stride and how, when I had something that felt bigger than me to create, I was like, I need guidance and I need to feel like I'm not so, yes, I feel small in this moment, but I want to feel like it's, I'm doing this for a bigger reason and for like a higher purpose. And I also was never, like my family was never very religious. So it wasn't like I was going to be leaning on God or a faith that I grew up following. So I had a blank slate in front of me and I kind of chose the path of manifestation and the universe. So I was really heavy into that until, um, I'd say the very end of 2020, um, 2020, I think was a hard year for a lot of people. Um, during 2020, my story is not different than many other business owners out there where we had to shut down the business for a while. We actually had two shutdowns in 2020 and it was the second shutdown where I was just so defeated and so like mad and so burnt out and so just like depressed. I like, I wouldn't even get out of bed. Like I was just so defeated. Um, and that's kind of just when I started taking my days like day to day and that lasted for like three months, I'd say. And then towards the middle of 2021, I started to really feel like myself again and kind of get back up on my feet again. And, um, that's when I leaned back into spirituality again and was like, you know what, like when, when you're not in a good headspace and when you're in a very clouded headspace, you just don't always think positively. It's hard to, you know? So when I kind of 
all the fog was out of my brain and I was able to think clearly again, I really kind of developed that mentality that I had when I was building stride of like, all right, I need to rebuild this business again. And I need to really learn what business is like after pandemic. And, um, I needed something bigger than me to lean on. So it's, it kind of all comes back to stride and just trusting the universe and trusting that, you know, this all happens for a reason and that there's a higher purpose in all of this. And even if it doesn't make sense to me now, it will eventually one day. Um, And it's also just something comforting. There's just comfort in, even if it's not true, in just really believing that everything happens for a reason. And it's so cliche, but that's one of my favorite things to say is everything always happens for a reason. And I'm a big yep. believer in the, in the butterfly effect too. Like every little decision that you've made up until now has led you to this moment right now. Um, and so you talk about like, you know, when you were building stride for the first time and rebuilding stride, were you writing things down? Were you, um, you know, meditating on things like what, what's your, I guess, manifestation process like? Yeah. Great question. So it varies day to day, month to month, season to season of who I am as a person. There are some months where I'm so dedicated to it. And then there's other months where it's kind of just a thought that comes in my mind throughout the day, but typically day to day, this is like what I do. So, um, the manifest planner was created to practice manifestation in a way every day that's not intimidating and that doesn't feel daunting and that feels like a journal entry but it's a journal entry towards your higher self and your higher self is essentially just the best version of yourself whether that's who you are today who you're going to be tomorrow who you're going to be in 20 years it doesn't matter all that matters is that version of yourself exists in this universe and they exist within you and you just have to pull out that version of yourself. So the manifest planner is how I practice manifestation every single day. Um, And that's really why I made the planner just so it's an easy way to do it every day that doesn't feel intimidating. Pre-manifest planner, what I used to do was um, I would have a journal and I would write down my affirmations and my affirmations came from goals and my goals came from a passage that I wrote to my higher self. So in this passage to my higher self, I would write down who I was at the time. Um, and I was essentially like writing a letter to my past self from the future tense. So if I were to sit down today and write a letter, like I'd be writing to who I am today and being like, Tori, you will never believe like where you're at in your life. Like you are living on the water. You are doing this with the manifest planner company. You are married to this person. You're living here. You feel like this when you wake up, this is what you do every morning. Like you really just say your ideal life and your ideal dream life that you're living from that, I will then pull goals and be like, okay, so if I'm living my ideal life and let's say I'm living on the water, then like a house by the water, I love, I love water. And I'm so jealous that you literally have it in your backyard for me whenever, like, so that is obviously something that I want in my best version of myself. So I will pull that as a goal and be like, okay, so clearly I want to live by the water. So a goal of mine is to purchase a home by the water. And realistically, I think I can do that in five years. So now that becomes a five-year goal. So taking that five-year goal of, I want to purchase a home by the water, it then becomes an affirmation of, I am so grateful to live in a beautiful home by the water. So I would write down these affirmations that come from goals that come from a passage from my higher self every single morning in a journal. And that is what I would write down and I would recite it and I would believe it. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. There are days when I would feel totally unmotivated, didn't want to write, wouldn't feel like doing it. There's a podcast. um, I think it's called Daily Affirmations. It's like an orange um, podcast thumbnail image. And um, it's a podcast is only like two minutes and every day it just gives you two affirmations, a question and a quote. 
And there would be days where I just couldn't think of anything. I was maybe uninspired. Maybe I was feeling a little bit down that day. And I would just write down those affirmations. And there are things like, I am confident, or I am at peace with where I'm at in my life. And you write them down, you recite them to yourself. And even if it's not true in the moment, like even if like right now I say to you, like, I'm really at peace, but around me, I'm like in the middle of a circus. Like, even if it's not true, just saying that and believing that is the practice of manifestation because you're putting out to the universe. I feel really at peace in this moment, even if you don't, but you have to believe it when you say it. And that's, I think where the big message comes into play. So I'll also do that. Um, I'd love to sit here and tell you that I meditate every single day. I do not. I wish I could say that I did. I try to meditate as often as possible. I try and do it a couple times a week. Um, like two to three days a week is a really good week for me. Um, but it's something that I love doing. Yoga is a great way of meditation because it really focuses on the breath with each movement. So I love doing yoga when I can. I love doing Pilates when I can. Um, but I, we recently hosted a meditation workshop at Stride and the meditation expert when she was um, speaking about meditation was saying, you know, meditation comes in so many different forms. It can be in a workflow. It can be on a walk. And those two really stuck with me because I try to go for a walk as often as I can. Um, it typically comes out to like five times a week. I'll go for a walk. And I always, I'm really mindful during those walks. So I try to use that to focus on breath, to focus on manifestations, to dream about what I want my life to be like. Um, and also when I'm in a great workflow, whether it's for stride or for the planners or for a podcast episode, I really try and get in a flow state. And that to me feels very meditative as well. So even if you're not like sitting down practicing meditation, I think doing something that you're passionate about is manifesting to the universe and sending those signals being like, this is what makes me really happy and fulfilled. And I want to keep seeing this in my future. I love how you phrase that. I've never heard anyone put it that way before, but truly when you're working on a project and you get into it and you feel like it's just one of those projects that you love so much and you could get into it, you could go all night. Like that yeah. is the best feeling in the world and a flow state. I love that. I've never yeah. heard it put that way before, but it is truly meditative. Completely. And it really is sending signals to the universe that like you're enjoying it, you're passionate about this and you want this to keep showing up, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter the work that you're working on, but getting in that flow state, getting in that meditative mindset of it, it's so powerful. So when you were creating the manifest planner, was that your process? Like, could you just go all night if you wanted to? Oh my God. Yeah. It? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was so fun. Like um, there's, I, I, I try to really optimize my focus and concentration, especially when it comes to creativity, because I feel like creativity, it just, it hits you when it hits you and you act on it. Mm -hmm. But lately I've really been trying to create productive creativity, meaning like I need to be creative during the hours that I want to be. And so I've been really trying to get into a routine of focus so that when I'm done this like focus mindset meditation or focus routine, it's only like 20 minutes or so that by the end of it, I am ready to be creative and I am creative. Um, trying to focus in on that productive creativity, I've really been able to schedule out blocks of working on the manifest planner. And I'll like write down in my planner, like, okay, 90 minutes for this. And I'm like, but 90 minutes is not enough. Like I will just, I'll start. And then I look at my clock and I'm like, oh my God, four hours went by. Like it, I could just go and go and go and go and go. You're like focus mode. How do you get into that? Cause I've had trouble. I work in a very creative job and I cannot for the life of me time block out what time I'm going to be creative. Like you can't pencil that shit in. So what do you do to get into that space when you're like 11 a.m. is when I need to start and 12 p.m. is when I need to end? How do you get into that flow state? Yeah, let me get my phone because I actually um, I have notes written down about this. I can't take the credit for this. So um, I'm obsessed right now with Huberman Labs podcast. Do you listen? I don't as much as I should. I've listened to like a couple. I've like heard him be a guest on a couple shows, but um, I definitely need to get into it. You have to like I'm obsessed. Like I can't even explain. Um, so he came out with an episode, uh, 
I don't know, maybe like, maybe like two months ago about how to optimize focus and concentration. And I'll give you the key takeaways, but I really think everyone, like once they're done listening to this, should go listen to that. It's I'll such a it, good episode. I'll link it in the show notes, guys. Totally. It's like three hours, like buckle up, but it's so good. <laughs> but I'll give you the cliff note version. Okay. Um, so he really recommends to do a warm up to focus, like how when you go to a workout, like you you do a warm up for your workout first. Like you don't just start. Like you don't just lift like your heaviest lift. You don't just go right into a sprint. Like you warm up first. Which genius. Like why did I never think about that with focus? Literally. You know, I'm like never, to me, never. Never. Not once. Never thought about and it. And they don't teach you this stuff in school either. Nope. You know, nope. you come in and, and you take the test. You know, there's no warm yep. up. No warm up. I know. So when he said that, I was like, genius. So um his warm up that he recommends is to listen to 40 hertz or white or pink noise and then to do a 13 minute meditation. 13 minutes is like the optimal time to meditate. So I try and stack those together. So I will do a 13 minute meditation to either 40 hertz or white or pink noise. Um, and that really, really helps me. Then he recommends to do one 90 minute intense deep focus work per day. So that is typically like, I will do the 13 minute meditation to either the white or pink noise or the 40 Hertz. It honestly just depends on my mood that day. I interchange them. And then I'll schedule the first 90 minute bout of focus to be what I really want to get done that day. Like what I'm planning on being creative that day. So if it's something like I'm creating a new format for the planner, or if I'm creating a content calendar for stride, or if I'm doing a podcast episode and I'm planning out what I'm going to talk about, like whatever I need to be creative in my mind is what I'll do for that first 90 minutes bout. And then like later in the day, I'll do what I call like plug and chug work. So if it's like, um, filling in the dates on my manifest planner, like that doesn't require creativity. It's just like filling in the dates. Or if I have to, um, do like schedule changes for a stride, like that doesn't require creativity. Um, so I'll do that. And he also says to do this on the weekends. So like taking a 90 minute walk, listening to an audio book on the weekends is a really great idea. Reading a book, just something that you have to focus on every single day for 90 minutes is a really good idea. Um, and then after those 90 minutes, he says to allow for like do desensitized work. Um, like if you're like making a crock pot dinner, like doing a 90 minute work and then going to make the crock pot dinner, like that's a really good um, idea to do. And, um, something else that he recommends is doing a cold shower. I've yet to do it because like, I'm so dramatic and I hate the cold. Um, but if I was perfect, I would probably do a 13 minute meditation. No, I would do a cold shower, 13 minute meditation, and then do my 90 minute bout of focus. And that focus, like I said, is my creative, my creative, um, bout. Okay. You got to try a cold shower, not to oh. brag, but literally, like I told you before we started, I went for like a really quick run before because yeah. I was like, I got to like transition into like podcast mode and the water just wasn't warm yet. And I was like, I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> so I just dove in <laughs> cold shower. It like kind of did pump me up a little bit. It was like, you know, three minutes halfway through it got warm, but I mean, really it's, you know, it's one of those things where you just gotta like rip the bandaid off, you know? Oh, I give you so much credit. Like, do you feel the benefits afterwards? Um, honestly, I couldn't like fully immerse myself in the experience because I knew that we were hopping on, but maybe tomorrow and I'll report back. You have to let me know. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Like when I say I hate the cold, like I hate the cold. Okay. Do you have like a wellness trend? Um, okay. We should do like fuck, Mary kill wellness trends. I love this. Do it. Okay. This is like, so off the top of my head, this is so not planned. All right. So wait, I kind of forget how you play this game. Like either I give you three, right. And then you tell me which one yeah. you fuck, Mary kill. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you done a salt float before? Is that like an Epsom salt bath? It's like one of those pods oh, that you with, go yeah, in a pod, and yes. floating. Okay. Yes. So that's a cool one. So we'll do salt float. We'll do, um, we'll do cold shower, but I feel like I'm going to know your answer on that. <laughs> and let's do ice rolling. Let's do ice rolling. Well, I've never done ice rolling. So really? no, I've never done it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. 
I do like the under eye patches, but I've never done ice rolling. I was going to say sauna, but I would marry mm. sauna because if I could be like, I could live in a sauna, like I'm not exaggerating. So, okay. Ice rolling, I'd probably kill just because I've never done it. Fair enough. Um, I'd fuck a cold shower so I can do it one time and get it over with <laughs> and just say I did it because every time I say I don't do it, everyone is like, oh my God, you need to do it. <laughs> and then, um, I'd marry um, the float. Okay nice love it yeah okay cool that was so off the top of my head and so random I loved that okay fuck Mary kill greens in the morning hot lemon water journaling in the morning I would marry journaling because I cannot live without my journal totally would marry journal heartbeat um I would probably fuck I would fuck greens powder okay I'd, I'd probably kill lemon water I, but I, I I do love them all. They're all like morning routine staples. So totally. I like I hate I hate to do it to them, but yeah. I uh, think this needs to be a new segment on the eighty twenty pod. I think so too. I think that we just create. <laughs> we're just coming up with so many good ideas. You've got such like a creative, creative energy to you. It's like so fun to talk to you. You took a very long break from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Why you did it, and then why you came back. Sure. So, um, I took a break. Oh God. I, my years like since COVID are like, so mixed it's up. Blurry. I think it's so it's blurry. So blurry. So at the end of 2020, I posted a video and it was a brand deal video. And when I posted it, I was like, I'm just so done with this. Like, I just feel so inauthentic posting videos, let alone sponsored videos. Like I, but at the time, like Stride was closed. Like that was really one of my only, like that and my podcast were my only two forms of income. So I was like, a girl's got to pay her bills. Like I have to work still. And like, this is how I'm working when my business is closed. So I posted this video, but I was like, I am just so over this. I just felt so inauthentic. I felt so icky. I felt so like not living in my truth. And when I start feeling that way, I can suppress that feeling mentally for only so long until it like physically starts showing up in my body. Mm-hmm. And I just feel anxious and like physically sick. And I was just like, if I, if I don't stop this, like, I know it's just going to get worse physically for me. So I just took a break and, you know, I felt really good taking a break because I was like, I don't even know if I'm ever going to come back. Like I remember posting it and be like, this is the last video I'm ever posting to YouTube. And I felt good. Like I felt like I was closing a chapter of my life. Like when I started it, YouTube, I was 14. At the time I was 22. And I was like, I had a really fun eight years. Like I traveled the country. I went to London for it. I moved to LA for it. I was able to purchase a home through it. I made really cool memories. I have awesome stories. Like I had a really good run. And like, I feel so at peace with this. And like, I also, this sounds sad, but I don't mean it to be sad. Like, I don't think I'll be missed on YouTube. Like there are so many other creators now that I think fill such a comfort void for so many people that I just felt like my content wasn't really needed. It wasn't necessary anymore. And I was like, I just feel really good with this decision. And like, I'm so happy podcasting. Um, but I just feel so inauthentic picking up a camera and being like, Hey guys, like this is what I'm doing today. So I just stopped and it was really, really awesome. And for like seven months, I didn't miss it. I got a couple messages, like I miss your videos, but it wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't crazy. And it was a really crazy transition because throughout starting my podcast, my interactions, when I would meet people, whether it be on the street or they would come to stride. Um, it was always, I listened to your podcast when it used to be, I watch YouTube videos. So that's how I also knew that like my people were growing up and listening to podcasts more than watching YouTube videos and they were transitioning with me. So it just, it felt really authentic. It never felt gross or icky, like leaving, doing YouTube. I didn't feel like I was, I I didn't feel like I'd be missed either, which I think was like a a good feeling at the time for me. So seven months, I was like totally 
good with my decision. I was still active on my podcast. I still had my Instagram. So it was not like I disappeared off the face of the earth. But then um, in August of 2021, I was like, I'm really kind of missing it. And I was waiting to see if that feeling would ever happen. And it did. And I was like, you know what? Like my whole thing is like being authentic and just like showing up as I am today. So if I feel like picking up a camera, like I'm going to pick up a camera. So I did, I filmed and I just filmed like where I've been, what I've been up to. I was also moving soon. So, um, and that was cool. It's like move out of the condo I bought into the apartment that I'm in now. And that was cool to have those memories and record it. And I also kind of just felt like I found my footing again once I got back on YouTube because when I was leaving, there wasn't really like that comfort YouTuber era, but now like there is where it's more so just girls like recording their day. Like I grew up in an era of YouTube where it was like every video had a purpose. Like I was doing a makeup tutorial or I was doing a haul or I was doing something with context. And then this new category came about where I could just film anything and put it up there and everyone you know the comments switched from this is so boring to it feels like I'm on a FaceTime call with you and like that was like the best thing to happen so once comfort YouTubers really became a thing and relaxed videos became a thing I was like this is a space that like I feel comfortable posting in so um yeah. And YouTube is just great. I just, I never, now I think because of that break, I never feel pressure to post. It's there when I want, I don't really do as many sponsorships anymore, which is really great. Um, and yeah, it, it was a good break. I needed to do it. And, um, I don't know how long I'll do it. I think like when I get married and have kids, like I'll probably stop. Cause I don't want to like put like my family on the internet or anything, but yeah, it, it was a good break. I definitely think people are just craving more of that like chill authentic content now like no one really wants to see like all this like glitz and glam they want to see like what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and it doesn't matter you could literally be like hanging out at home like chill day at home vlog crazy views you know yeah whereas before it'd be like back to school morning routine like all the do you remember like Bethany Moda like my my life is Ava just yeah. all, all those girls. And that was the type of YouTube that I grew up watching too. Yep. And then that kind of translated into making. Before we started recording, you asked me if I would ever return to YouTube. And I was, you know, kind of in the same similar boat as you. I almost feel like somewhat of a parallel. And I'm kind of in that place that's like, oh, I feel like I kind of miss it, but I don't, I don't know. If you feel it's authentic to act on it and record. I encourage you to do it. And just remember, like, it's always on your terms. Like yeah. we don't have a contract. Like we don't have to deliver X amount of videos. Like we could do it whenever we want, pick up the camera whenever we want. And the people that want to watch your videos will just be happy whenever you post. So in the coming months, what can the listeners expect from you? Or I guess customers or clients, you've got a lot going on. So what's kind of in the queue for you in the coming months? So I think like front facing, um, the majority of people can expect just more podcast episodes. Like I said, I really want to have more guests on, um, that are authentic to, um, the message of manifest and if their show aligns with it too. So I'm just, again, so happy that we could do this tonight. It really just means the world to me. Um, so I'm thrilled. And so front facing, definitely a lot more guests on the podcast, a lot more episodes with the podcast. I really, um, I want to build a podcast studio. I'm moving again soon. So I want to put like a whole new podcast studio in. So I really want to focus on the podcast in 2023. Um, another thing would be the planners. I'm releasing the hard copy planners. Um, by the plan is Black Friday and we're on track for that. So all is good nice. there. I'm going to be like posting like more about like with the planners and a, a flip through of the planner and everything like that too. That's going to be available hard copy and digitally. Um, the hard copy planners will be a daily edition and the digital planners will be a daily edition dated, a daily edition not dated, a weekly edition dated and a weekly edition not dated. Um, and then I want to put out like a bunch of different editions. So I want to do like a student edition. I want to do, um, like a workout edition and I want to do collaborations with people, um, for the planners as well. So yeah, that's really, um, front facing. And then also just like stride, like, it's just really cool to, um, 
to still have a brick and mortar business and to have that part of my life, I feel like the percentage of people that translate like from online to stride is like 0.01%. Um, so I've definitely dialed back on my promoting of stride just because I feel like so many people are like, it's so irrelevant to so many people, but I still love talking about it. I feel like it's, I was gonna uh, say, it's, it's such a, a huge cool part of your life. It's such a huge part of my life. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But the, the two things that most people will see are like the podcast and the planners. Very cool. That's yeah. awesome. So where can someone grab a planner if they're wanting to buy one? Yeah. So I'm still, um, creating like my website for the planners, but when that's ready, it's going to be, um, manifestplanner.com right now. You can get a digital planner on my Etsy shop. I literally love Etsy. It's, um, the manifest planner shop on Etsy. Um, and all the links are in my bio, which is at Tori Sterling on Instagram. And I'll link everything in the show notes as well for you guys. So thanks Tori so much for coming on today. It's been so fun to have you. Thank you. I loved every minute of it. <laughs>